This podcast is brought to you by the website of doom.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Aaron Fever Talks 2. I am Aaron Fever, and I will be talking to Dana Swanson. Dana is a writer, producer, musician, voice actor, all round bon vivant. I'm not entirely sure what bon vivant means, but I'm pretty sure it applies to Dana Swanson. I've known Dana for nine years, if my count is correct, and I hope that it is. It started from a meeting of chance uh, to a slow grow of mutual love. It culminated in what I like to think now is a wonderful friendship. Uh, She is an incredibly positive and supportive and just warm person uh, who I love being around and is always a joy to perform with, which I get a chance to do regularly at DragonCon in Atlanta, Georgia, which is where she's from. Uh, So it's a great time and uh, I look forward to it every year. This podcast is only possible because of Patreon.com. This is the only ad you'll hear on this podcast, folks, and it's only going to be about 30 seconds. So uh, strap yourselves in. But uh, my Patreon account, which you can find at Patreon.com forward slash Aaron Fever, is where you can donate as little as $1 a month. Uh, on a regular basis it's an ongoing donation but you can stop at any time Uh, you can sign up for one month's donation and then quit two months later or one month later anytime you want but it's a great service and what it does is it gives money to my pocket uh, which allows me to give the money out of that pocket to services uh, like Podbean which is where I host this podcast Uh, that costs a little bit of cash and uh, also allows me to buy equipment like the microphone I'm speaking on right now and allows me to go to shows like uh, Cork Comic Expo, which I'm going to on the 14th of April. That's a quick plug there for that. But if you're in Cork in Ireland, uh, I'll be at the Cork Comic Expo in Matten Point. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But I can only afford to go there because of the wonderful Patreons uh, or patrons. I can only afford to go there because of the wonderful patrons on Patreon. So if you're feeling generous um, or just feeling uh, foolish with your cash, who knows what way you're feeling. But if you want to give them a little money in my way, that's uh, absolutely wonderful. And thank you very much. So without further ado, and that was quite a bit of do, you can now listen to Aaron Fever talking to Dana Swanson. (laughs) <laughs> i know well this is this normally how you chat with people or what's your preferred yeah. method like is this your your main one i'm I'm kind of neanderthalic in my way um because uh years ago i bought for 20 bucks a recording app for skype specifically and i'm getting every uh-huh. penny i can out of that app <laughs> so. oh i see yeah so you can have conversations and and it, it works but at the same time, like you're locked into this investment you made. I'm kind of, you know, right. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm hanging on. It's, I'm like the last band on MySpace who's just convinced that like, well, we got, <laughs> we got a lot of like hits on that one song we put up, you guys. I'm not, le- I'm not leaving yet. You guys, Justin Timberlake just took it over. So it's going to be just fine, everybody. It's fine. <laughs> that's what's, that's like everyone's sort of convinced, like. Man, I miss, I do miss MySpace. I miss it. I miss, like, I, I miss the Wild West aspect of it. Right. I miss the dumb backgrounds. I miss the personalization. Yeah. Even though it was all so ugly. Like, I just, I miss that you had the choice to do that. Yeah. The amount if of you glit- wanted to. The amount of glitter gifts were like eyes, like melting, <laughs> but they were, they were wonderful. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. And like, I, I feel like the song, like everyone talks about the songs all the time. Like those songs that come up are uh, like, you would be like, Oh, this is great for me, but you're not the one that's going to your page over and over as your friends go. And they're like, I really hate the song that you chose. It's going to pop up every time I go. Why are you doing this to me? I don't want to hear your dumb song. Change it up. Cause that this was, is driving me crazy. Yeah, that was the thing. Because you couldn't, you didn't really have a proper timeline back then. You had to specifically go to someone's page if you yeah. wanted to see anything. We 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 really put yeah, more effort totally. into our friendships at, at that point. I think. Yeah, because you also had your whatever your top eight people that you were like, these are the people that mean something to me. And I need them bookmarked right away. <laughs> yeah. And then there was Post- that weird, that weird social politics of like, hey, you're not in my like top eight. What's going on, guys? Like, do I not do I mean nothing? Yeah. To you? <laughs> well, I also I had it to where like like weird Internet celeb, like like weird meme Internet celebrities were contacting me because um, Chris and I got together around the MySpace era. And so he would post like weird videos on my page and I would you know, post some on his, but people would contact me for the ones he would post on my page. Like there was some guy that was like a wedding singer, like a really terrible wedding singer that was like, thanks for the nice things you said on my, on that, on my video. And I was like, and Chris had put like some sarcastic remark that I guess came off as nice. Um, <laughs> and someone else, like I loved, I put, I think in my, um, in my favorite songs, I wrote the Perfect Strangers theme song because it's absolutely true. And then there was like one ad campaign for, do you, do you have Nine Lives? Did you have Nine Lives in Ireland no, growing up? No, Is that an international brand? So Nine Lives is a cat food brand that was really big in the 80s here. It's like crappy cat food. Um, like Friskies is sort of the equivalent now in America. But it's it's just, it's not good. It's not like a, you know, science recommended diet or anything. Um, but there was a nine lives commercial series that had this cat named Morris and Morris is this big orange, beautiful Tomcat. And there was this song. Like I remember there being this song campaign that was sung by a little girl. Uh, and it was about her missing her cat, like her cat had run away, which first of all, don't have outdoor cats. Um, <laughs> but her cat ran away and then she she's singing this song, like, I miss you, Morris. And then uh, it wasn't those lyrics, but it was about, like, coming home and being at home and family. And then she pours a bowl of nine lives, like this terrible cat food. And then Morris comes running, like, well, this is I'm getting paid, so I'm going to come home to this. Um, <laughs> That's a weird, weird just, bribery message for your kids. Like, <laughs> yeah, so weird. But I put that in, like, my favorite MySpace songs. And that girl contacted me. She's like, my mom said I could give you a CD of it. And I was like, I, I just didn't respond. Like, I was too shocked <laughs> this person got in touch with me because I was kind of making a joke about it. And I was like, I, I should have taken them up. Like, I totally should have taken them up. I think I was just like. I, I felt like I was caught in. Um, I, I feel like I was caught making fun of somebody, you know. Oh, I have I, just, I have a similar story to that concerning MySpace. So, ooh. so for a short period of time, I did a column um, on uh, Quickstop Entertainment, uh, which was what I called the uh, musical MySpace tour. Um, uh-huh. It was basically because do you know you remember bands used to just constantly like. PMU spam of like, hey, check out oh. my music and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So I said, I'm going to turn this but into you a. You would also see it. 
<laughs> I was like gonna... you wouldn't see it if it's just like a timeline post you don't see it now but yeah so they pm you and it's annoying so what happened what happened so i i turned this into a gimmick where every week i would review every band that blind sent me a spam message oh. like that oh. uh, so it was a way for me to kind of find new bands and do like a music kind of review column but i i, I didn't have to go searching for it they came to me uh, whether they knew it or not uh, which I don't think they ever, very rarely knew about it. But so there was this one one solo musician. She was a young girl. She was only about like 19 or so. And uh, mm. she was doing this kind of like very kind of early noughties, folksy kind of Lily Allen sort of music. And okay. uh, I gave her a review. She had like four songs up and I was like, yeah, it's not bad. The recording's not great. And, you know, there's, it's kind of rough around the edges, <laughs> but like, it's not the worst I've heard. So I gave it a very middling kind uh, of like review. And Yeah, yeah. And then clearly someone like on her page was like, you know, ego Google searching the name and my review came up. And so they they directly messaged me then. Um, and now I was under the impression at the time that it was her messaging me because it came from her page and it didn't say it was anybody else. So I thought it was her. And uh, she said, oh, um, you know, you're you're I saw your review. It's a little bit harsh, you know, but yeah, I think if you really saw me play live, you would like really appreciate how great I am. And, and- <laughs> so you're like. I want tickets, yeah. Yeah, well, she, so she says, like, I'm coming over to Dublin in, like, like a month, and I'll buy you a pint if you come to the show and, like, give me another listen. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it. And I went. Um, and it, tur- it turned out that she what, she, what it was is that she was kind of the judge at a battle of the bands, and she was going to, like, then, like, perform at the end of the show, kind of, like, as a headline person at the battle of the bands. Uh-huh. And uh, so I went there and I saw her, like, before the show got kicked off, and I was like, hey, it looks like you owe me a pint. And she looked at me like, what the mm-hmm. fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, do you remember from the message? And then her dad, ah. who is seemingly her manager, was just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was me. Hello. Nice to see you. And I was like, oh, OK. So this was kind of awkward. Fine. Um, ah. so, so they invited me to watch the show with them. And I did. And I met her band members. She had like three band members. And they were telling me, uh, and I think I confirmed this afterwards, that they were kind of touring musicians for, they had toured with like Mariah Carey and like Britney Spears and all these different kind of like pop stars. And they were like signed on by the dad to tour with her as well. And uh, I was like, oh, that's very cool. Like, you know, pretty, pretty profesh. Uh, but they were all a yeah. little bit embarrassed about performing in what turned out to be like a conference room at a hotel uh, for a very kind of scantily attended like Battle of the Bands, which was featuring mostly teenagers. Um, and then they did like an acoustic oh. set at the end. So like, and they were, you know, over from England. So like they ended up getting pretty drunk and they ended up getting me pretty drunk. Uh, and I, oh, they, no. I know. And they turned to me and says like, hey, do you want to like, are you really going to like talk about this? Because, like, we read your review before and, like, you know, don't tell the old man, but, like, we thought you were pretty on the nose. Like, we were trying to tell him not to, you know, record where he uh. did record and all this kind of... We told him it was a shitty recording. Uh, and I said, like, do you really want me to review tonight? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, I won't. Uh. <laughs> 
but we proceed. Re- so you have that story. <laughs> yeah, well, we proceeded to get drunk until like five in the morning, and I ended up like crashing in their hotel rooms because I was like unable to get like a cab home from where we were. And they like we're all just drunk, oh. and like one of the band members turns to me and goes like, "Why the fuck are you here?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> we ended up sharing a taxi at seven a.m. Then to the- they were going to the airport, and I shared a taxi with them back to town. But yeah, it was the most bizarre night. You, you felt like you were tricked. Like you had to have felt like you were tricked into doing it a bit, you know? Oh, yeah. Like you I, had to have felt like you were duped in a, in a way, yeah. Yeah, and it was part of the night, like, because we all went to this club and, like, drinking. And it was part of a night where, like, because she was only 19 and the lads were older, that she got so drunk that, like, she passed out in the corner of the club. And while the guys were hitting on, like, Irish girls, I as the guy reviewer who got duped into coming to the show was like looking after the like the girl (laughs) making sure she didn't throw up on herself (laughs) i'm just like what is my life and you're like this is a yeah this is a conflict of interest in some ways you're like well i don't know if i should review this part but you know i guess do do you do you lady like that's so funny oh my god what a weird situation like it's like almost famous but not at all famous like it's like <laughs> that it's almost famous but the version of it is like in a shitty hotel ballroom yeah like, like that's they're pretty they're pretty lucky i wasn't like a legitimate journalist because like i would have you know probably exploited that situation for all it's worth <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it is fascinating. It's like, okay, so it was this person that's spamming you in MySpace, and the the person that finds your review is the dad. And so, like, that's an interesting turn. Is like, is I guess like a, there's a term here called momager, which is like your mom manager. So it's like dadager, yeah. like the dad manager, like in somebody that's it's like your your parental unit. Because that's normally the case. Is like, oh, we're gonna try to keep all the money in the family. And then they're the one just duping you, and then it's not even a really worthwhile event, and then they get sick and almost puke on you. Like, that's, that is, uh, I don't know, man. Like, that's, that's quite a story, and they're lucky. Like, they're so lucky you didn't write about that night. Yeah, yeah. But was... you're talking about it right now, so. <laughs> yeah, well, in fairness. <laughs> Uh, it won't be they won't be able to google search this list this podcast to hear them mentioned and i didn't name any names either so that's good probably because i can't remember any names involved (laughs) oh that's the cruelest it's like i'm not even gonna remember you um there's this uh this movie came out i think it came out in 2016 uh in some markets and it came out last year and i was but it's a there's an uh uh it's a japanese uh anime movie called your name and Part of the key plot point is like they don't know that these it's a sort of like body swapping movie with these two characters like city mouse and country mouse but their people are body swapping um and they're trying to figure out who each other is and they're like asking each other their names like what is your name what is your name and it's such a key plot point and of like remembering somebody's name uh-huh. and that's technically somebody's legacy is like I promise to remember your name. I promise to remember you. And in this case, this was such a, like a, a, a like this is where their, their actions totally outweighed who they were, which was just <laughs> like some, like you've categorized it into the important parts. Some MySpace band so, sort of sounds like Lily Allen. Dad was the manager, total clusterfuck. Like that is all that needs to be remembered. That's the legacy. No name attached. You don't deserve it out of the way. You know, like that was this person's <laughs> flash in the pan. Like, that's so fascinating. 
I'm into it. Um, Good. Are, are we starting? Did we start and I missed it? Uh, well, yeah, kind of. I do the kind of formal okay. introduction post podcast. I like set, record that separately so I can cut out all my ums and ehs. And uh, uh, yeah, see, I'm literally doing it now. Um, but it's <laughs> it's I hate I hate listening back to my, myself and having to cut all that stuff out. I, I just think like, why, Aaron? Like, you don't have to fill every gap oh, yeah. with noise. <laughs> It's a, it's a difficult trick to uh, unlearn the um and ah, uh, which I think I realize I say more when I'm hyper or I'm nervous. I have a lot more ums than ahs going into my speech. And if I really think about it, I don't do it. But uh, I have had phone interviews with somebody and they put all my likes and uhs in print. And I was oh. so embarrassed. Like It was a phone interview and then they put it into print in like Atlanta magazine. And it was like, it was like kind of local a local rag, um, and very exciting, but uh, my mom read it. It was one of the few things that she has read of my career and what I've done. And she's like, you don't come off sounding very smart. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, twist the knife in, twist it in. <laughs> oh dear. Like it just, man, like, it's just that thing of like, it's never going to be good enough. Um, there was like, I had a, so I do stuff for Toonami and, do a voice for Toonami, not just stuff. Uh, but one of the biggest things that I'd done a voice for was airing. And I, uh, I tried to get her to watch it and my stepdad to watch it. And then I got them to watch just one episode of it. And, uh, my stepdad's response was, it's okay. And it was just like, it's okay. What does that mean? What does that mean? It's okay. That means you didn't get it. That's what I'm hoping is I mean, I, it means you didn't get it and it's you're like, too it's, embarrassed. It's like the post like improv show, oh that was interesting. Um response. Oh. <laughs> At our theater, the uh the responsor is this this wonderful uh improviser who's been there since the start in the nineties. Uh George Fonin used to tell people, Well, you look good. <laughs> Which was like, Oh, it's as uh a complisalt, as oh. some people call that. Like a weird backhanded compliment. Um, just That's to kind of put a, you. In I'm going to try and remember that Portman. So I, I, I like a good Portman. So I haven't heard that one before. So I'm going to try and remember that one. C- that, was, uh, that was, yep, yep. That was, uh, that was from a Canadian man. Um, Whose name I will not say because I feel like that's name dropping. <laughs> but I should say it. I don't know. So, I don't know. Now I'm like, let's remember no one's names. Let's make it all secret. It was, and that man was Colin Mockery. Um. <laughs> it actually, well, it was, uh, it was, it was not Colin. It was one of the other uh, semi-famous Canadian guests that came in town. Um, it was. I was on his podcast, but I don't think he knows my last name, and I don't know if the podcast is actually going to go up. So uh, until then, I'm not going <laughs> to say your name, sir. <laughs> that's that is a thing though sometimes i i you know as a as a uh someone uh connoisseur somewhat of podcasts uh mm-hmm. having po- having been podcasting for over 10 years now um is uh i'm always fascinated if you if you can kind of tell that a, a interviewer is reading off someone's wikipedia page uh oh. it's always it's always frustrating to hear but yeah i i've had to do the, the thing a few times where because i always try and if i don't know how to pronounce someone's uh name uh which sometimes can happen mm-hmm. with internet friends especially uh because you don't hear it um i'll yeah. try i'll try and find an example of it somewhere 
and I had to do the yep. thing not too long ago where I had to just admit to someone like I haven't found an example of your surname anywhere online how do I do this <laughs> and I failed uh, miserably at my first attempt <laughs> but he got a good kick out of it which was you know a positive <laughs> <laughs> but that's I mean that's at least that's all you can ask is like you know I know I'm gonna butcher this for you but you know as long as you're entertained by my butchering yeah then you know what it's a success then you got at least a positive response from it. It wasn't somebody saying, we're going to end the friendship right here and there. I'm not doing the interview. <laughs> you messed this up so bad. It's not going to happen. And then some people have, um, some people have, uh, I guess it's a form of dyslexia where uh, they have trouble reading out loud. So they'll see a word and then it, it processes weird when they say it out loud. Oh, that's um, interesting. Which, yeah, like there's somebody that I did a... Um, it was a, a stage reading with, uh, and she kept saying, she kept jumbling her words over and over. And I think it, I, I didn't want to be mean about it at all. Like you never want to be mean about it, but you realize like, Oh, this is this person is seeing this material for the first time. And they probably needed some time to like read the words to themselves to think about how they work. But I, I realized like, Oh, this kept happening, kept happening. And I was like, Oh, she's seeing these words for the first time. She's a legitimate issue reading them like seeing that's the word on the page and then getting it out of her mouth yeah um which is like so then you're like oh i don't want to be mean about it but at the same time this is this weird skill you have to learn where you're when you're cold reading like oh this is i just got this for the first time i don't have any time to read over this um yeah cold, cold reading is a real talent it's 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 really like i find <sighs> it difficult to do it myself i i'm always mm -hmm. excited if an audition can give me the material in advance so i can like you know rehearse it a little bit oh man it's a total skill to audition it is uh because you're never gonna do that's never the full performance you have to like there is a a talent to the amount of butter and buttering up you're gonna put on the situation <laughs> um like you never want to come off as over eager. Uh, you also know, don't want to come off as a total idiot. Um, so you, you have to put a lot of effort into that. Like I took like a three hour workshop on like in-person auditions and it was, it was mind blowing as a person who's an expert at, at how to train people to do auditions. Like she doesn't do acting coaching. She does audition coaching. That's, that's like that's her a good. Story. That's a good thing, though. I would probably take someone up on that if I if if it was around here. So it's a it's a good it's a good idea. Oh, it's amazing because guess what? You're gonna look like crap because you're normally in these poorly lit rooms, and normally people casting aren't the people who are going to be directing the episode. It's like some casting agent, which is you know they do their job and they do their job well, but they're also looking for they're looking for a good performance, but they're also looking for a type, yeah. and you have to fit that type that's in their head. <laughs> of what this person should look like and how they should behave. And so you're just like, well, all I can do is just try to put the best of myself out there. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's just so fascinating. It is. It's so fast. Yeah. And I, I find as well that like, um, cause I've been doing a lot of extra work lately, uh, mm -hmm. just to make a few uh, quid here and there. And like, I find, um, the, the, how, how directors treat extras, as opposed to actors when they're actually asking extras to do stuff is is mm -hmm. quite fascinating too because they know like okay i don't know if you're trained to act or not but here's like the things that i want you to do right now um and it's like kind of like a potluck but like if you're it's 
it's uh if you're if you're auditioning for a specific role they'll they'll have all these different thoughts on you but like they don't they don't know what kind of extra they're going to get on the day to like do a part yeah and so uh yeah it's just it's just a very different kind of like a thought process entirely which is i don't know it's just amusing to me anyway but um, <laughs> i'm just like how how like well it's because it's being a background artist like it's like you are part of the palette um that this director is painting with and okay you're you're technically scenery like when you're doing extra work like yeah. you are you're part of the scenery and you have certain cues that you have to hit of are you crossing this way or crossing that way don't look this way don't look like i've had problems with people looking into the camera when you're like don't don't fucking look into the camera like what are you doing <laughs> yeah. like it's that's that's a skill too i had i had a part recently <laughs> where it was i was just playing like a policeman for like one shot like basically they wanted me in the foreground of a shot be- while the actual actors were in the background and then they would like pan to them and mm-hmm. uh the the director went through like five or six different iterations of like you know how he wanted me to look up and down the person that I was talking to for two seconds on camera and like uh. it was just uh you, and he was like oh now I'm wondering you know now I'm wondering where you're looking so you're doing too good of a job at looking in this direction and stuff like that and it was just uh. well that feels good when you're like yeah this person like likes me and like <laughs> doing too good of a job and now you're invested in me motherfucker coming back that's great all right so That's one of my favorite things about interviewing oh. people on this podcast is okay is they're all friends of mine uh-huh, uh, which, you, uh-huh. which you are i hate to spring that on you but you're a friend of mine dana I, I oh i'm so know. excited um, yeah this is you're my friend too aaron this is great <laughs> yes mutual friendship boom mutual friendship agreed uh so but what what is kind of fun for me is, is getting to interview friends allows me to fill in a lot of blanks that i as a kind of stupid man often leave to happen like i like i realize oh i never you know what i don't i don't know if they like how many brothers and sisters they have or i don't know like what college (laughs) they went to like i don't know a bunch of like these little facts so i kind of i try and go through with everybody like a bunch of things that like you know what i probably should ask this uh as a friend to be a better friend so uh first of all i didn't realize you were born and raised in atlanta is that right I, yes, I was born at Northside Hospital right on the perimeter, which uh, since you've been to Atlanta, you're a little bit familiar with the fact that we have a, uh, a giant perimeter that goes around the city. So I was yeah. born it keeps just out on all the, the edge the of the d- dinosaurs. Yep, it keeps out. It's 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 our paddock. It's uh, it's where all the meat goes inside, and then the wild is on the outside. So um, that's that's how that works. But yeah, I was I was uh, born in born in uh, Dunwoody-ish, Sandy Springs-ish, and grew up in the suburbs of Atlanta, which was in Roswell, Georgia, which is near I think where David Cross is from. Oh, and uh, and also some uh, ancient Roswell historians are from there too um so i mean, we had to learn a lot about hoop skirts and uh, antebellum times and plantations um on special history days and yeah and then i went to uh uga the university of georgia university of ga in athens ga uh which is about it's it's about yeah it's great it's about like a an hour and 15 minutes or so from now, atlanta it's a great little college town and i've heard a lot about athens because like some of my favorite bands are from like are yeah. from there or at least originate from there like it seems to be oh, yeah. like the austin of georgia and in, in a certain extent yeah. 
Like so. Oh, absolutely. So, how was your college time there? Was it like exciting? Did you get into a lot of music? Like, because I know you are oh, a musician, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, uh, Athens is fascinating because it's a music town with a football problem. And so there was like this definite (laughs) divide between the people who were there because they love the music and they wanted to be part of the scene. And then the people that weren't there for the college that were there just because of like the thriving, burgeoning music scene. And then there are these people that would come in on the weekends for um, SEC football, for the dogs, them dogs to play sick'em, woof, woof, woof. Like they were, (laughs) they would camp out. For uh, days beforehand, they would tailgate on the day of the game. I had many friends that did this. I never understood it. So I would scalp my tickets uh, for Christmas presents. Like that was my thing was people are willing to pay. Like you would get like a cheap student ticket and then be able to, uh, to sell it for a higher price to either somebody who wanted a second book for their family member or just some rando. So I used to sell my student tickets. That's good thinking. um, Which was... It was, you know, because I wasn't going to go. Um, but <laughs> Did you ever have a dalliance with a sport in school or anything like that? Did you ever flirt with sport at all? I mean, like, I was not good with things flying towards my face. I still am not. Um, right. So I, like, I just, I, I was terrible at PE. Um, but I liked, like, martial arts and swimming and, uh, like, anything where I didn't have to have a physical object flying towards me unless it was, like, a fist or a leg. I could deal with that better than I could deal with, for some reason, spherical objects or yeah. football-shaped objects. I just – I didn't understand, didn't grock it, not into it. Because you're, you're um, a very yeah. good dancer, so you have a good control you. of, your, of, your, of your body. So you, you probably could have been good at the sport if you put your mind to it. Thank you. I feel like I, uh, I'm an okay dancer. I just put a lot of flourish on it and then people are like, Oh, you're moving. So (laughs) that's, uh, that's the secret. (laughs) I have a hard time remembering routines. Like it takes me uh, a lot longer to remember routines or to remember dialogue. Like, but once it's in there, it's in there. So it's, if you've ever heard that, uh, I think it was my philosophy teacher taught me this. It's, uh, you have two, two kinds of minds, the soft follow acts, which is like, you remember things really quickly. Uh, they get in there, but then like they're kind of gone after a while. And then you have the hard ball of wax, which takes you a very long time to remember something. But once you remember it, it's in there. Yeah, I think um, I'm the latter as well. Me too. Like that's how I am with, with both dialogue and with, um, with dancing is, is like it takes me a while. I have to really work at it, but it gets in there. So. Okay. So did that's- you, did you, when did you get to, like, did you go to classes for dancing or does like, did, was that just something that you just <laughs> picked up for funsies? I mean, I was a, I was a sloppy dancer as a child. Like I would take dance classes and I'd be the person falling down in the back. Like, I think I <laughs> fell down in a couple dance classes. And so when I hear somebody say like, you're a good dancer, I'm like, ha that's funny. Um, I was in, uh, we were doing musical theater in, in high school and I would be put in some of the non-dancing roles because it just took me so long to learn something. Um, like I think I did a dance audition. Like they sort of teach you this dance routine and you're supposed to memorize it pretty fast. And I remember seeing my audition sheet and it was like, uh, they'd have like numbers for your solo singing and numbers for your acting. And then they'd have a number for your dancing. And I remember out of 10, for that one audition, I got a two, two out of 10 Ooh. for my dance. So I was just like, oh my God, like, I, I don't know what I did, but I guess it was very floppy. 
<laughs> I can just um, imagine you like poorly two-stepping for like a little while. <laughs> yeah. I just I think it was a lot of like weird sock hop moves and I think I just kept doing the same move over and over to be like always put on a show. Like I just <laughs> I give a shit. And uh so when I hear you say that I'm like, wow, I must have really worked at my dancing since high school and uh elementary school. Thank you. Oh, you're yeah. welcome. Um thank you for for providing such such fluid movements for my face. Um <laughs> You know what it is, is, um, so I actually got into like when I was 20 or so, I would come to, I would drive in from Athens and go to Atlanta. I had a friend who would DJ and I would come see him DJ and then I would dance. Like I would just be like, I just want to dance. Nobody's here. The dance floor is open. And so I feel like that was the best dance class I could have ever taken was just like, okay, well you have to dance because you said you'd see your friend and no one's here. So guess what you have to do? So you don't have to talk to creepos dance so, it uh, was actually it was boot camp it was great yeah it, well you literally danced as if no one was watching um but <laughs> there was probably one or two creepos who were uh yeah yep, there there were some there were some i think i uh, i talked to somebody who it looked like he was cosplaying as eddie izzard and this was not in a dragon con situation this was in like a real life situation mm-hmm. and it was i think back to that and i was like wow that was a look for a while like that was like a thing <laughs> So, like, I, I just very salient memory. So, sorry, continue. I keep, I keep uh, yammer mouthing, which is blabber mouth and yammering. But it's, I mean, this is a podcast. This is, a, this is an uh, oral experience. So, I mean, like, talking is good. This is, this is way oh, better good. than the other way around. Um, well, I was going to ask, awesome. okay. you mentioned yeah. high school performing. Is that your, yeah. is that your earliest memory of, of like, of, uh, I was going to say professionally performing, but at least like formally performing rather than just performing in your uh, living room. Yeah. I mean, like in, uh, there was eighth grade drama class, which was, I got to learn improv that way and sketch writing. Um, and then I guess as far as like large audiences, um, I did chorus, um, in middle school and that was my entry. Cause I, I did chorus. Um, there was a new high school that opened up my sophomore year, which is your second year of, uh, of high school. Um, and I remember like being kind of lost at my, at the school that I went to that was bigger. And then the smaller school opened up. There wasn't really much of a senior class because all the seniors wanted to graduate with their, the place they'd been going for three years. And so it was kind of like a wild west. And I remember going to chorus and being like, Oh, this is the, the teacher was kind of shitty. Like he was just a mean guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and made, it made me sing tenor. And I was like, I don't want to sing tenor. This is weird. Cause I guess he needed more people to fill it out. And mm-hmm. I just decided to switch to drama from that. And I'm very thankful that I did. Yeah. And, so, and like, yeah. did you perform then in college at all? Or did you, was it till afterwards that you kind of got into uh, your uh, local scene? Yeah, I did. I mean, I did some high school stuff. I did a couple plays in college, my, um, and, uh, improv in college. I actually ran the improv troupe for a little bit. Um, oh, what was the troop name? Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad that I changed it and I got I, people left because I changed the name. Um, <laughs> so the name before I joined was this is the fucking worst name and oh. bless them. Improv names are always the worst. That's why I, that's why I jumped to asking you because I always love how terrible improv names are. They're always terrible. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to reverse engineer this for you. I'm not going to tell you the name yet. I'm going to tell you the person's process behind this name. OK, um, so the process was uh, everyone's favorite animal at the time, which I guess was one thing. And then a color. 
Um, and then putting those two things together <laughs> the name based on this logic, you're like, okay, well, one of those two things is, is good. And this is before you know how to like temper yourself and temper your ideas. So let's just put it all on the table. Let's just have a buffet of great ideas, right? Wrong. The name was turquoise lawn flamingos, which is wow. so hard to say. It's too many syllables. It doesn't paint a good picture. And it's, it's a try hard. Like it's trying really hard yeah. to be wacky and wacky with like a, an H in front of it. Wacky, just too much. Yeah. Um, so I, I came in, I tried to change it to just TLF. I was like, that keeps, that keeps your initials. And they tried to call it like tastes like firecracker or something, but like TLF is kind of where we all landed and people left because I got this scathing letter from somebody who left because she was like, I was proud of that name and that was who I was. And that was how I came up for, and in college, it's like a year of your college. Like that's, that was a year of my life. And you're like, yeah, that's not really that much time. But yeah. for her, it was really big. And she wrote everybody these beautiful letters. She was a beautiful writer. She still is. And I just remember getting right before a show, getting this terrible letter from her. And I was like, I don't, why did you give this to me before a show? This is horrible. Yeah. yeah. Like this makes me feel like shit. And I'm sorry. I, you, you never, like she was one of the people that was helping me change it. And she never, ever let me know that she was upset with my decision to do so. So it was like, it was just weird. Um, so yeah, improv names can cause rifts. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, it can cause uh, scathing letters to be received. So um, yeah, I did I did improv in college, um, and then I I really wanted to be in a band in college because that was because Athens. It was like there were bands everywhere. You could go see a band every night of the week if you wanted to. It was so easy to go see music um, and just walk to it. It was awesome. But, uh, yeah, I always wanted to be in a band and then I started improvising at dad's garage when I got out of college, uh, which is, uh, here in Atlanta. And then, um, I had a, I was also at the same time working at adult swim. Um, and they sort of needed somebody to, um, sing a song that was in the Aqua Teen movie because the musician, I think something happened with the contract on the original musician. So this is like, whenever people ask me for advice, you know, like right place, right time is one thing, but it's also showing people what you can do so that when that right place, right time comes up that you're able to do it. Yeah. So I was actually friends with somebody who was trying to get the recording studio set up and the, the new VO booth. And so I would come in and like sing TV theme songs and like try to make him laugh. And then I would peace out. So he knew I could sing. Um, and then that when they needed this, like, Hey, we need somebody to sing a song. We need it this morning. We need it right now. Can you come do this? And so I was like, okay. And I didn't think it would be that big of a thing. And then I had this song it was in the Aqua Teen movie. And then we, uh, it was such a big like office favorite yeah. um, that we wound up, uh, I went up performing it at the the movie premiere at the end of it and invited some people to dance with me. And it was super fun. And uh, originally the, the name of the band was Insanoflex. But since that was sort of had ties to the movie and we kind of wanted to do some other stuff, we changed the name to Lasexoflex. And yeah, that's it, how that it was kind of it was interesting. I didn't realize because I'd heard that song before meeting you. And I think it was like a year after meeting you before I even realized that it was actually you who had sang that originally. 
Um, but uh, it was a kind of it was it was a fun moment because for for people who don't know, the the day we met was you were working uh, in the adult swim offices and I was walking around with Dana Snyder, who uh, mm-hmm. was basically showing off to me because that's Dana. And, mm-hmm. uh, we passed by your office and Dana was just like, hey, how's it going? And, uh, mm-hmm. Or in a, in a better Dana impression. Yeah. Um, hey, I can't, my Dana always sounds like a clown man. So it's not very good. Hey, how's it going? Like, that's not Dana. It sounds like a Gilbert Godfrey clown man. Like, it sounds really weird. Yeah, but they, Dana, uh, Dana himself is a caricature. So to, to try and caricature yeah. him is difficult. But uh, yeah, the, the first thing that he did was like, Dana was like, oh, this is my friend Aaron. He's from Ireland. He's got a podcast. And you were mm-hmm. like, oh, a podcast. And like, just grabbed a, a flyer from like, to your left. <laughs> just, just, just so, so nearby for you. He's like, ah, take this. This is my band. Uh, you should play our mm-hmm. music on the show or something like that. And oh, I can't believe I did that. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but in fairness, uh, I, I said, okay. And I was usually when someone does that, you're kind of like, okay, whatever. And then you don't actually like go check it out. But I did. I checked it out like the next night. And I was like, that- Holy shit. Wait a minute. That was, that was the real life MySpace DM. It was like, oh, <laughs> you say you have a podcast. Well, here's a DM of my music. <laughs> like, that was. I totally MySpace DM'd you. Yeah. And I also just knocked over a bottle. But that's so funny. I don't. I didn't. I didn't realize I did that. That's so funny because I think we had just gotten the flyers. We were really excited about them. We had a million of them. So to me, it was just like funny to hand it to people because I was like, no one's going to actually listen to this. And you did. So it was. <laughs> It's true. Uh, so and we played funny. you on our podcast a couple of times. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we kind of, uh, it was like a year later, I think, then I, f- I finally got to see you guys actually perform live, which was an experience. Yeah. yeah, and it's rare. Like, we don't, we didn't, didn't do too many shows. So if somebody says that, consider yourself very lucky. Yeah. But uh, you got to see a live with Sex of show. I got to see two. That sounds really cocky, but it's just really, oh, it's, it sounds cocky, but it's really just like, no, we just didn't play that much. And if you're a fan of it, then guess what? Good job. You did it. You made it to one or two. Uh, yeah, we, I made it to two. And the the first year I was there, because um, I think that was like, I bumped into you. Uh, you gave me the flyer. I don't think I saw you again until like after mm-hmm. that show. Because the show uh-huh. was on the next year. I came to the show. I brought my friend JJ. I got exorbitantly drunk. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I ended up uh, with um, uh, Peep Peep because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just enjoy using the name. Um, he, mm-hmm. he came up. It's a great name. He came up after the show and I was like, I had seen that uh, the band members had like these free tokens for drinks, uh, but they didn't work mm-hmm. on shots. So I said to him, like, uh, hey, I would, be, I would normally buy you a drink, but I see you can get them for free. So can I buy you a shot of something? Because, you know, just uh, to thank you for, like, a great time. And uh, he was like, okay, cool. And he looked me up and down and, and I said, like, what kind of, like, uh, shot do you want? He looks me up and down and says, uh, an Irish car bomb. And I'm like, you racist uh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he just wanted to Perfect. tell people he did an Irish car bomb with an Irish person after a show. So yes. it's, 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 it yes, was right he thinking. Actually, he, he does, you know what? He does love an Irish car bomb though. And especially at that point in time, that was his drink of choice. So, uh, I would say, I would say it's probably half coincidence. And okay. then, um, 
and then also half trying to razz you. So I'd say it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. That's so funny. Oh my God. I love it. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> that was actually one of our best shows at that 2010 uh, Dragon Con show because it was, it's just, a, we put a lot of theatrics and a lot of, uh, a lot of energy into, make, we used to put a lot of like just love into making those live shows. And, yeah. you was- know, it's, it's that thing of it may not it may not make the most business sense like you're probably not going to make your money back that you put into it but you you know you get like a great creative boost from it and that's all you can ask yeah one of my one of my lingering images from that night was after the show the band mm-hmm. all with like sweeping brushes uh sweeping up all the confetti from the floor <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's yep I was like, yep. "This is a beautiful image." I wish I had taken a photo of it, but it was like, uh, it was it was yeah. kicking out time. But yeah, it was it was. Oh uh, yes. Oh, and that's a, this is a fun fact for anybody who is uh, who's interested in in being in a band or any sort of performance that uses confetti. If you do this at a place that is a music venue and they have a PA there, uh, they are going to get pissed if it gets in the PA because it's apparently very expensive to clean out. That's why sometimes you'll see stuff that says like no drinks on on this side or no drinks over here because anything that gets in the PA is so hard to clean out that they're just like, you're going to buy us a new PA or That's you're going to have to clean up all this glitter. So they mean business. And we're like, it's just glitter. It's just glitter. <laughs> yeah. But to them, they're like, this is a, this is a fire hazard and this is a million dollars. So you're just like, all right, I'll clean up your dumb thing. Um, but yeah, we had, we had a couple that we had to be like, we really want to use glitter. They're like, you're going to have to clean it up. And then you'd hear us go, okay. Was was the Sex Effects your first band then? Was this? Um, I was in like I had a non-performing band. I, actually, I had a couple except because Athens. Like you kind of find yourself in these little one-off situations where you perform a song or two. Uh, I was in uh, part of a band. It was an off. There's a band called Zum Zum that actually had a couple releases out. But I did uh, a one night with them. Uh, for a band called, we formed a band called Duty Ranch, which I think is a great title. Great, great title. Um, great title. I would love to bring that name back. Um, and then I did another like one-off performance with my friends uh, Matt and Addison and Travis, and we had this band that we tried. Like Matt and I really wanted to call it the Winkies. Like we thought that was such a good band name, and then that got vetoed, so it was called the Centroid, and it was like us playing instruments and Travis playing street fighter noises. Like it was very, very sure. experimental, very, very Athens, like very, like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Uh, and so like, like little stuff like that, but nothing that was like, like the sex of flex was the first, like, Oh, I'm in a, I'm in a band. And I would always say like, Oh, it's my fake sex band or whatever, which it still is, but it's, it's, uh, that's that's always the hook is like oh yeah i was in a fake sex band and then the people are like tell me more when you say that so <laughs> yeah then like, you do are you, are you familiar with the concept of twin cest <laughs> yeah uh, we're not singing about things we want to actually do <laughs> unless we are singing about things we actually wanted to do so you know fake <laughs> and and where did uh, the like miss lady flex kind of you know 
thing come from? Or is that like a a, a character that you had? Like, because you know, it, here's the thing I find when I when doing improv, the, mm-hmm. when you do it regularly, you can kind of find a pattern of characters that you fall back on sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I often end up being like the awkward, scared, nervous guy. Just you know, just far yeah. too, far too often than I want to be in scenes. But anyway. Um, was Miss Ladyflex like something that had come from something like that or was that like you know you something you really kind of wrote down and thought out about you know at the time it's so funny you mentioned that because at the time I was uh, I did have I had sort of a high class character that would come out every once in a while uh, and so it was a mixture of like high class accent um, mm. which is like who is this person I don't know I don't even know what region that is it's just <laughs> high class American accent um, so it was, it was sort of, it was based on this accent and, uh, and I think that the character came from the music, which was, oh, why, why is she singing these songs? And we developed the, uh, the live show that was beyond the one song. It was, oh, wouldn't it be fun if this character were a motivational speaker? And this was a whole thing to get people to have more sex in their lives or more exercise or like whatever it is. So it came from like this, this motivational speaker, uh, kind of place, like somebody who's extremely confident, gets what they want, gets who they want and, uh, and is where they want to be, which is the exact opposite of who Dana Swanson is. So it was like, (laughs) it was a nice, it was like a nice way to have that outlet and to have that, like that split side. So when people would meet me or like when people would see me do it live, they're like, what the fuck? And then when people would, would, meet me after seeing it do doing it live they're like oh you're just a weird like mousy person yeah it reminds, like, yeah. It reminds me a lot yeah. of like how uh, drag performers are kind of very different from their drag personas to you know real life yeah. as well if, if like miss lady flex I, yeah. feels like a drag character you know what's so funny is i have um on my uh, on my ps4 uh one of my the people that i see often on uh psn is a. Uh, is a drag queen and I see her drag name is also her gamer tag and it's like so <laughs> fulfilling but I just love that it's like here I am playing PS4 and I always try to imagine them in like full face like they're doing the whole look <laughs> like just sitting around so but you know that that's like they're doing the same thing I'm doing which is like the mask is off this is who I am at home yeah, I'm in my PJs. like this is my <laughs> yeah yeah I'm in I'm in the natural zone I'm not putting on airs for anybody I just want to play Nino Kuni 2, which is what I'm playing right now. <laughs> All I want to. So, yeah, that's, that's some fun stuff. Um, these are all great questions. Look at this 10 years of podcasting. <laughs> like, you got some, some bang up questions. This is good. I feel I'm... like this is, well, you read my Wikipedia article. This is great. <laughs> Your Wikipedia article, <laughs> I did, I did actually glance over it. It's, it's, it's a little bit scant, but it's, it's, yep. it's well written, which some Wikipedia articles are not. Uh, so I, w- I will give it bonus points. Yeah, it's tsunami fans. Like they are, uh, they are very exacting and they are very kind with their time, and they just want to get things absolutely right, and they want to, but they also want to. Uh, only put up information that's necessarily pertinent to the mission, which is tsunami. <laughs> so they're like anything else that's in my life. Like occasionally I'll sort of, uh, I'll hear from somebody that I made a connection with about something that doesn't necessarily fully relate to, uh, tsunami as a project. And I'm always like, Oh my gosh, like you see me as a real person. Thank you. 
Like you are, we're making a connection here. Yeah. I'm not a holographic, uh, you know, persona to you. Right. Like I put up a picture. I just did my first burlesque number, which again, back to like what I'm dancing. Um, and I put up a picture from like my sort of mid, it was my sort of mid range look, like just to put out a spoiler there. I, um, I did this routine where I start out in like a big hoodie and glasses and book and I have like a skirt and all that. And I, uh, I remove like the glasses and I hump a book and, <laughs> of course. Uh, and then like I, the, my first big peel is that, uh, and that's what it's called in the industry, uh, is you, you like a peel is taking off a piece of clothing. So my first big peel was I take off this big black hoodie to reveal a small black hoodie. Nice. So that was like <laughs> afterwards, that was everybody's thing of like, that really got me. And I'm like, I got basically naked on stage. And everyone was like, the hoodie and into hoodie inception. That was real nice. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I learned how to twirl tassels for you people. Like it was it was very uh Okay, I'm gonna ask intense. a very personal question, but I believe you're you're someone what? who would be, be able to t- to take it. I always felt yeah. like tassel twirling would hurt. Oh, no, no. Um well, okay, so it depends on the adhesive you use. Um, like if you, if you worry about nipple pain, is that what you're worried about? Kind or, or of, like, yeah. like having a, having to twirl your boobs, which, you know, uh, in and of itself can be, you know, uh, painful as I know from enough women who have complained to me about jogging, um, uh, any sort of bouncing with the boobage can be sometimes a pain, but also as well. Yeah. The, the, the suction to the nipples being swirled like that must like, kind of must pinch at the very least. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm going to practice this right now. So it's, it's, uh, so the adhesive itself, like if you get an adhesive that your skin doesn't like with that could def that could definitely hurt, but maybe that's the only adhesive that works on your skin. So if you're going to look those up, like it's stuff like eyelash glue, they have specific pasty glue that has latex in it. Uh, they, some people use like carpet tape and crazy shit or like wig tape is probably a common one. Um, oh. but as far as the bouncing, excuse me, as far as the, uh, as far as the bouncing goes, um, or like the tassel twirling, the secret is basically just bouncing. It's like if you were to just kind of bend your knees a little bit and bounce, yeah. like you kind of just get a, enough momentum going. And when I did it, I did it as somebody who was kind of dumb and first and doing like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I I'm naked. <laughs> and so I did, I did a jump. Like I didn't just bounce. I jumped. Okay. And so like, so I actually like my feet left the ground. So it's like more of like a hop. Uh, so instead of just like a feet not leaving the so feet not leaving the ground bounce, you can get some twirlage and that doesn't hurt too much. Um, but feet leaving the ground and jumping them down is similar to a jog where you're just like left is doing something that right isn't doing. <laughs> this is gonna be a limited time offer. We're only gonna do this a little bit and yeah. then yeah. And I I actually really wanted to do what are called assholes, which is like where you put tassels on your ass. And I'd actually worked with it a little bit, but since I'd started my routine sitting down, I would sit on the, the assholes and then they would like slowly peel off. So I was like, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> so, so I did learn that if you ever are going to use assholes, and this is for like also male dancers use the same techniques that female dancers do. Like, you know, males, you know, will put tassels on and, yeah. uh, and assholes on. So it's like, it's, you know, it's for, for all bodies. Um, uh, people that uh, don't really have a binary gender either. You can put those just on your nipples and your butt. Because you can put a tassel anywhere. Those. You can put a tassel on your shoulder you if you want to, really. You could and make a whole show out of it because that would be <laughs> great. Um, that's a meal, man. 
I love that. A shoulder tassel. <laughs> That's real great. And just start a colony up there. Like if you had a whole just village and you're just yeah. like in the tassel is like, I don't know, like the water treatment plant. That'd be real cool. <laughs> yeah, I'd, just have one on every joint. Yeah, just like a have shoulder, one knees, knee tassels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some Neesels. Yeah, that'd be really great. Uh, Liam Neesels. Oh, I'd be nice. That. <laughs> that'd be nice. Um, yeah, if you, you're not supposed to sit if you have assholes. That's a tip I learned. It's like if you decide to do that, you have to do your whole routine standing. Okay. Because otherwise, those will pop off. So... Word to the wise for those of you learning burlesque. I yeah. wish I knew that sooner. I would have redone my routine. No, I have, I have uh, a friend who took up burlesque a, a number of years ago and she became very addicted to it. Now, you've had your first experience. Do you feel like it will, won't be your last experience? Do you feel like, oh, I'm into this now. I want to do this a lot? It doesn't be my last. I think that I come from it. Um, and actually, the, the group of people that was doing it. Um, so there's a, a person at our theater, Amber Nash, who is um, – amazingly talented and kind and funny. And she, uh, she really wanted to sort of, I guess she saw a burlesque show somewhere and she's like, we could do this. Us assholes could figure this out. Like, and so it was taking a bunch of improvisers and then seeing who would want to develop a burlesque routine. Now, I think there are a couple, a couple roadblocks with it. Like obviously people aren't the shame thing is like body shame or whatever. Not everybody has that, which is great. So you have like the those people, like people that weren't afraid of their bodies, would like advance to the next level. Mm. Um, and then you have people that may be afraid of dancing, and so then maybe that's like a roadblock for some people. It's like I don't know about dancing. Um, and then you would have people that don't put the time in <laughs> to coming up with the routine, which I think is like a, an improv problem, uh, which is which is not rehearsing. Right. Um, which, which I've seen with like solo numbers over and over is like people will do a solo show and then they'll back out. Cause they're like, I just don't have the time. Like, or they'll say, or they won't realize how much time it takes to rehearse or to craft your own thing. Like, do you have that at your theater? Like any sort of, are there any sort of solo scripted things where you feel like people aren't I don't even putting know. in that time? I, th- I think what the my experience uh, with the Dublin community anyway is just there's been an explosion in the last year or two of groups. Um, we went mm-hmm. from a very small community to being like just a small community, but it was a big explosion <laughs> in terms mm-hmm. of that. And um, I find what's happening is is that a lot of people have overcommitted to like different stuff, and so therefore they there's a lot of groups where there'll be like one or two members who have the time to rehearse but then the rest of the team don't and and so it's very kind of yeah it's very messy in that sense um yeah it's it's not even so much that there there's no uh you know planning or anything done it's it's just that i think Mm -hmm. i think there's there's a lot of groups who maybe haven't meshed uh, oh, that's interesting. To the way yeah. that they could. Um, so, yeah there's, yeah, there's not a lot of solo stuff there that's happening anyway at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, that's so interesting because I feel like I do a good amount of like group workshopping and like I'll see people do like good amount of group workshopping. But then when it comes to like, OK, now you're on your own, go practice in your house. There's that thing of like, oh, but I practice at the theater. And right. so they don't they don't make the time at home to do the things they need to do. Or sneak off into their car at work and do the things they need to do. So I think it's it's kind of fascinating. Um, yeah, and it, so like it's like it's, you said, it's the thing with improv is that people think, oh, well, I can just make it up, so you know, I don't have to yeah. rehearse every week to get better. But you know, yeah. And the truth is, you should be playing to get better, but mm. um, that's not everybody. 
Some people are just magical and they show up after not playing for 20 years and they're amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's like what, 2% of people that do that. So don't do that. Please don't do that. (laughs) Please, please learn what you're supposed to be doing. Um, So uh, I haven't gotten to the point. Uh, oh my gosh! I know, I know. We're 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 getting we're getting towards the end. We're 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 in the the couple last couple laps. Uh, Here we but, go. But I haven't. Uh, I never. I haven't talked about tsunami really much with you yet, uh, because oh, tsunami tsunami's in that weird uh, point where it's, it's it's very popular. I've heard about it all my life, but it's on mm-hmm. a bizarre like like satellite channel over here which is like not easy to get uh and even right. then it's kind of on at like 2 a.m uh on a tuesday night um it's really like it's 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 very few people uh get the opportunity to see it over here although i know a number of uh, you know f- that there are a number of fans in europe and the uk uh so i have never actually seen an episode of tsunami yet Oh, which, interesting! Yeah, which is madness because, like, it's the thing I would—I I, would mean, arguably, you're probably most famous for. I—I I mean, I'm trying to think what that's—that's that's definitely it. I mean, I, I probably have my largest credit is a songwriting credit, so I'm like, for uh, I like you, even I'm not gay, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess like that's that's probably since it's like IMDb doesn't count tsunami itself. Like tsunami itself is packaging. Right. Um, except for like the tiny, um, they're called like total immersion events that we do, which I've done now three of those intruder two intruder three and countdown, uh, which those are sort of like four to six, uh, episode blocks that'll happen to where it's like, we'll have like a mini episode every week and you can follow the adventures of Tom and Sarah and normally something terrible or wonderful happens to either one of them and they change. And so we have a new design for them. Sometimes nothing terrible or wonderful happens and they look the same, but typically there's some sort of, some sort of change to either them or their environment. And so then you have a whole new like packaging look. So the packaging always kind of stays fresh. So um, that's a very technical way to talk about it. But I think the emotional way to talk about it is it's these uh, two characters that are floating about in space um tom who's sort of the symbol of everything he is he's a a robot with a sort of daft punkish uh motorcycle helmet Mm. and then uh sarah who's the character that i play um and uh sarah is a she's ai she controls the ship she's sort of like tom decides where to go but sarah is sort of the engineer and in charge of all the guts of the ship itself um she also can't leave the ship so it's really like so tom is sort of the adventurer captain and then uh sarah is a person that's the pilot in some senses like making sure everything's running correctly uh so yeah it's and as, as far as it being a block and the reason that it has so much love and emotion behind it is because it was something that aired years ago in the 90s um, so people were already familiar with these characters with Tom and Sarah. So it started in 97. I think Sarah came in a few years later, but they were familiar with like, oh, this is a place I can go and I can watch action cartoons uh, when I come home from school. And similar to how Harry Potter sort of grew up with its audience, I think Toonami also grew up with its audience. It went away for a couple of years. When it came back, it came back on Adult Swim. So those same people that grew up watching it after school are now watching it after work uh, <laughs> or watching it after the bar. Like they're now watching it later. 
Um, and everything's, most of the things are still the same. Like the, I'd say that the content is a skews much older. You have a lot more TVMA programming. Um, but you still have stuff like game reviews and, uh, and music videos. And then, um, kind of like the thing that most people respond to are what are called speeches, which is where, um, Tom would talk about, uh, something that uh, some sort of event in life or, uh, or emotion or something people have trouble with, like bullies is one thing that was talked about recently. And this is like Tom talking to adults about bullies. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of fascinating that that's still something that people really glean a lot from. Like uh, before I actually started working on Tsunami, it was, uh, I had, uh, so most people who know me know this, but I had brain surgery in 2012 and it was awful and not fun. Um, and around the time that was happening, uh, Gil wrote a speech um that was it was based on the rocky uh fall down seven times get up eight and okay, it, like yeah, yeah yeah it resonated with me so much that i was like i was watching it in uh jason's office and i was just crying like i was like this is me this is me right now so it's you still have those like amazing emotional connections for maybe people that it, with because we are so divided as far as our attention and our time um it's sort of, I think it really speaks to people on uh, a communal emotional level. Like you're where you, you're where you want to be. You're on the spaceship with these two people, these two individuals, not necessarily people. It's a robot and AI. So edit that, edit that Aaron. But, um, <laughs> these two, these two individuals and they're taking you on this journey through space and also through television. And it's a place where you can come and belong. And then also, uh, since everything has moved to an older audience, everyone's on Twitter. And so there's people that are on Twitter responding about the shows, responding about the game review they just watched, responding about the speech they just watched. And it's it's super cool. Like it's a really um, it's a really welcoming and um, friendly environment. And you feel like uh, you feel like one of the team. And I think that um, Steve Bloom has been doing the voice of Tom for years and years, like really makes people excited and makes people feel uh, feel like they are part of something and he he's always great about responding as are uh, Jason and Gil who sort of run everything they are great at at uh at giving people advice like they'll give people life advice right. <laughs> it's crazy how so, when you, that's when what you, tsunami is <laughs> when you found out you were gonna get like you know the I don't know I, I we we were you involved in the decision to do to become the voice of Sarah were you kind of like I like to do this Ow. or does someone come to you and say like would you like to do this it was actually, it was about a month, a uh, little more than a month after the, uh, the Les Exoflex album came out. So on that, I have a couple uh, speaking uh, little interludes. And so I feel like this has to do with it. Um, but it was right before, it was right after that came out. And I would get asked to do Scratch in the booth um, a good bit, which is like, Scratch is, hey, um, you're probably not going to be the final voice, but we just need a female voice on this for timing. Can right. you come in and do it? Okay. Um, and so I'd always give my best performance because every once in a while they'd be like, we like yours. We'll keep it. Or they'd be like, we got somebody more famous to replace you. So <laughs> like, which is typically what would happen. Um, so I, I, I thought it was just scratch. Like I got handed a piece of paper. The people who were casting it weren't in the office that day. I'd just come back from vacation. Um, and they were out and they're like, Hey, can you read this? It's an AI. They didn't tell me what it was. They just said, Hey, can you read this? And, um, I went and I read it kind of stilted. Like I read it like, uh, I'll, I think I've done this read before, but I'll do it again. Um, <laughs> so the line was, was hello, Tom, it's good to see you again. So, 
uh, my first read of it was like, oh, this is an AI. So when you hear AI, and this was like around the time of her, um, oh, okay, the movie yeah. her, you wouldn't think like I, I should have read, I should have been like, oh, it's, it's like her. And it's it, instead I was thinking it's AI. You probably want like robotics. So I was like, hello, Tom, it's good to see you again. Like very like, right. da, 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 like very cartoonish. And then I got a phone call that was like, no, can you do it different? And I was like, why do they want this? They're giving me so many notes for scratch. Like, fuck this. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I'm helping you guys out. Leave me alone. <laughs> Come on. Like, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just like, what is happening? I didn't realize it was an audition. And so it was like, that was, that was totally crazy. Like they kind of snuck in an audition, um, without telling me. And so I was like, well, I better get this right. Cause it's my bosses that are telling me to do this. But I was also like, man, like why do they want this so perfect? And so I, I did it different and I added some like smoke onto it and I just did it as like as uh, a version of my voice, which my voice is very annoying and like this. And then the uh, the Sarah voice. Uh, so when people hear me like actually talk for the first time, they're like, oh, what a letdown. Um, <laughs> but because because the Sarah voice is very controlled and it's sort of like it's a lower register Ooh. and it's got a of uh of smoke on it and actually kind of reminds me of stefan <laughs> from snl like it sounds a bit like stefan <laughs> the hot new club this week <laughs> <laughs> it's tinglers <laughs> it's shoulder tassels <laughs> cats who don't the litter box like it's so I feel like my my Sarah is actually now. This is the first time I made that connection. Is that it sounds like Bill Hader's Stefan, but um, nice. Uh, but yeah, like I I just remember being so like I had so much stuff to do that day because I just got back from vacation and then I was I had to keep running into the booth and reading like these couple lines and I was like, man, like what is this? And then they're like, oh, congratulations, you're airing on Saturday. And I was like, what does that even mean? And then <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? Because I didn't even think I don't think the name. I don't think Sarah was on the page. Um, so it was like a, it was kind of strange. So I remember kind of getting informed a little bit of what was going on. I remember being on Twitter because they had this big thing that was like this, this uh, movement about a year before when Tsunami came back where they called it Tsunami's back bitches. And so that night I started something that said Sarah's back bitches. And uh, it was, it was a big deal because it was an old character that was coming back and, um, and with, my dumb voice and uh also she was a bit sassier and uh she she and tom have more of a rapport than they used to have which it used to be very um like sarah was very buckled down and very uh very down to business and very ai and not very like feeling or thinking and i think uh she's she's responded to they give each other a lot of shit when they play games and that's been really fun is like and i've even gotten to write a little bit of that stuff too of like how the two of them communicate over playing a game is really fun so um, when you when you found it when they said it to you oh you're on was it was it a because uh, my fight or flight reaction is you know i think it's it's different for everybody but like was it fear or excitement you know what it's it's uh it was apprehension because i'm so used to a promo world's uh, which is anything at any point in time could get cut from the air. Um, so, or like promo doing promos and commercials, which is my main job and has been my main job at adult swim for the last couple of years. Um, it, like you have something that you're going to put all your heart and soul into. And then all of a sudden you get an email that's like, Oh, we found out there was a cigarette in this. Now we can't show it. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, the client decided that they don't want to run this spot. So it's not going to run. 
or oh, we ran out of time, so we don't have time in the block, so we have to pull your thing you're in. So I'm, I'm used to the, uh, that aspect of like making the sausage and knowing what happens to said sausage if <laughs> some sausage doesn't make it out to the people. Yeah. So I think I was just like, I was apprehensive because I wanted to just see it air. And then after it aired, I was going to be like, okay, that aired. It's, it's real now. Yeah. Done. It's real. Yeah. And so I didn't, I kept it. I mean, cause of course keeping it a secret is huge. And I think that's also a fail safe for keeping things secret is, uh, watching it air and not talking about it until you you've as a human have seen it air so that's like that also happens with um i do these like little one-off segments for tsunami pre-flight which is uh on the website on adultswim.com on their streaming site and i do these little segments for our um streaming version of tsunami which is like mostly jason and gil talking about whatever they want to talk about like i think they're talking about favorite bear Coming up soon, favorite bear in a movie. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> like it's it's I don't you know they just sort of they're at like almost two hundred episodes. So they keep just like they're like how how what can we scrape now? Like there was one that was like favorite pig. It's the favorite time travel I really like. Like favorite time travel movie. I was like okay, I get it. But I think they're just at that point where they're like we don't know what to talk about. So it's getting to that, which is super exciting of like, what happens to people when they don't know what is to cover? Yeah. Um, when burnout has to keep going. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it's been fun to do like those little segments. I think they, uh, they sort of show a little bit more of like who I am as an idiot. Um, and, and a little bit about like my life and then, you know, how it flames and, uh, the one that is airing tomorrow and that's, again, that's if this airs, I'm saying it, and this could totally not be airing. What if something gets cut for time? Um, but uh, I did a segment about cat hats uh, and Ooh. putting hats on my cats. So that's supposedly airing uh, Friday, the 30th of March, which is probably not when this episode is going out. But um, uh, my, pa- yeah, my it, lovely Patreon listeners will get to hear this, so they'll get the scoop. Um, and then, oh, sweet. Yeah. So the, the rest might have to miss it by a day, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, I think it's if you go to, you can think you can watch it from Toonami.com. I also have like, my voice is on some ringtones there. If you guys like ringtones, it doesn't sound like this, but uh, <laughs> if you want some cool, uh, sexy AI, breathy Stefan ringtones, they're up there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's exciting. And I've, I've been trying to, uh, like since I do promos and commercials, mostly for Adult Swim stuff, I've been trying to to do more tsunami stuff just to feel a bit more involved with, with my fans and with that audience um, because they're all very kind. So, okay. Yeah. Now, um, this I'm going to mention separately in case you want me to not talk about this and like we can cut it out. Okay. Uh, but you, okay. you had mentioned hashtag unfortunate brain news. Yeah. 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 Are you comfortable oh, no. just briefly talking about that? Yeah, I actually, I, um, you know, I, I actually, I met with a friend, uh, this morning. I've had kind of a nice little day off from work. I took a personal day, which has been great. Um, but I, I met, uh, met up with a friend and we went on a walk and, uh, she was talking about a friend of hers that was going through something just awful and terrible and medical. And, uh, and I was just like, you know, people deal with it in different ways and all you can do is support their decision. And, uh, and for me, part of how I deal with it is being public about it. And, and so I think that's just made me very, very public. Uh, so what unfortunate brain news is, is that I had, uh, I'm going to mention this earlier, but I had a uh, brain tumor, uh, discovered that in 2012. 
and uh, I had to have surgery to remove most of it. I go back for maintenance MRIs, but also my tumor is super rare. So they have no idea if it could just start growing at a crazy rate in a couple of years. So I have no idea what's happening in my head. Um, but I just try to, I just try to ignore it <laughs> yeah. and then keep moving. But anytime something comes up with it, I'm, I'm typically very public because I want people to know, to see my face, to hear my voice, to know that I'm okay, to know that it's okay. Uh, and also if they're going through something similar that they have a friend. And so I think like, that's kind of, that's, that's why I do it. Um, well, also, too, so, is that like, because yeah. I, I just even just as a random person just learned a lot about like brain tumors in general, because, you know, it can be yeah. very difficult to uh, to to understand some of the information you get about it and what the reality, yeah. what the reality of that is in a day to day aspect. Yeah, um, because like you you like we've talked at length um because it's a topic uh about like your, <laughs> your the foods that you have to stay away from <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah foods yeah i mean i just had lunch with uh i this has been a very social day i actually have not i don't really have super social days so this has been awesome because i had lunch with somebody who's dealing with some autoimmune stuff and so She's kind of going through a list of things she can and can't eat. And I was like, I feel like a total rock star right now because I can tell you where to get all that shit. I'm going to send you links. It's going to be great. You're going to be okay. So, uh, and I just started doing the ketogenic diet actually to, uh, for two things. One, I, I hurt my foot in December and was like, uh, oh, I can't really exercise. Also, I want my clothes to fit. So I should, I should be on a diet so I don't eat cake gluten-free cake but eat cake all the time you, you are a tiny uh, person so i don't think you really have to oh, worry all that much it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of work to be this size buddy um so since like i couldn't work out like i started doing keto and then um and then i actually after my my most recent uh brain appointment i was like well i'm gonna keep doing this because i do not want to go into surgery that was awful so i'm on a uh, keto for i guess uh, anti-carcinogenic effects. It's pretty exciting. Mm. So, yeah. So but that's, yeah. that's part of it. That diet's even dumber now, Aaron. So, you know, can't wait. <laughs> but that was the thing to, that I wouldn't uh, to have, eat with you. That was the thing that I wouldn't have expected was just how, you know, how a diet would be super important, um, you know, to oh, yeah. affect that sort yeah. of thing. Like, because like you said, you, like you can't really exercise. There's been so many ways that you've been limited, even though you've been kind of, yep. not, not necessarily cleared, but like you've been given the, we're yep. not super scared about you right now (laughs) yeah yeah and what sucks is like exercise is part of my part of my treatment plan and i haven't been able to do it in the past i guess been almost it's been like three and a half months it's been awful but um uh but yeah it's it's like everybody has what works for them as far as like here's my treatment plan here's what i'm going for i mean some people just want to sit and eat cookies all day and not think about it and that's totally cool you do you like if that works for you and that's your decision then like okay do it up. Yeah. But maybe that's not going to be good. Um, so, and I've even said that with like mental health, like I do have, uh, actually some, some people that I have met through doing this, the adult swim stuff who've come up to me and they said like, Hey, you talk about mental health on Twitter a lot, or like you, it's something that you're very public about. And I'm like, yeah, because I, uh, I think after having uh, brain surgery and having brain issues, like I just, um, I'm a lot more susceptible to uh, depression and anxiety unless I manage it. So like that sort of 
so some people have like, if we go back to this perimeter, like this giant paddock, like some people are able to have this giant space to contain their animals and that's fine. Mine's a little bit smaller and I have to figure out ways to keep them entertained, <laughs> uh, <laughs> constantly to like, not have like a total, like, uh, animal takeover. So, um, so like, and then that treatment is just diet and then exercise when, uh, I don't have a dumb foot. So, um, yeah that's helped me. And that's like, this has been through multiple different prescription medications to try to figure out what works and what doesn't. So that's the best stuff for me. Yeah. Well, you're even ahead of the game being so kind of self-aware, mm-hmm. I think, because yeah. you, you, like you said, you can kind of tell what you need to, to keep things contained. Um, yeah. like that was, like I've, I've, I, you couldn't classify me as, as, as having depression, but I've definitely had, yeah. I definitely, um, uh, can lean into that quite easily. And so, uh, oh, I, yeah. have to, I have to be aware of like, oh, this is a sign, like all this chocolate that I'm eating yep. right now is a sign that I should probably <laughs> curve things back because this is the first sign <laughs> of the road I'm going down right now. Uh, that's so smart that you know that or like oh i'm hiding in bed for why am i not going to work it's two hours after i'm supposed to be there like (laughs) that's that's another great sign of depression yeah oh i haven't seen anybody in four days oh this is not a good thing (laughs) (laughs) all i want to do is play this one video game over and over like oh okay maybe that's maybe you should get out of your house and see things and and go out into the world uh but no, that's like your, I think that's like the first sign is like recognizing that something's off. Mm. Um, like having that body awareness is huge. And that's something that like, I think I got, I learned more from when I uh, started doing yoga was just like, what's my body doing? Why is my body doing that? That's funny. So I think that's like, if you're, if you're somebody listening to this and just starting out and trying to figure out like how to listen to your body, honestly, doing yoga is one of the coolest ways. Yeah, I I remember we were about to do a show at Dragon Con together, and uh-huh. I just while we were waiting to go on stage, I turn around and I see you doing a headstand uh, in the corner, <laughs> and I just walk over and I go like, "Everything okay?" And you're like, "Yeah, this is gonna make me feel better right now." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> I just walked away. Gosh, I'm trying to think like what I'm trying to think which show that was. It's so funny. Oh, it was one I was, of the, I one of the quiz shows, really I think. Oh man, I went through a big headstand phase. Um, I don't do them as much anymore because I, I started to learn that some surfaces are harder than others. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> but I, uh, man, yeah, it does feel really good. Like if you, if you're having like any sort of like uh, inflammatory reaction in your brain, like just to get a bunch of blood up there, super smart. Got to do it. Yeah, it's good. It's good advice. Totally. Uh, so okay, I'm gonna wrap it up. Uh, and yeah. I know, I know. We 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 can talk separately, but uh, I'm going to stop the okay. recording in a second. But um, I what I do to everybody is I spring on them a question to end the show. Uh, what song do you want to play out on? Uh, I will play this music to end the show, and that can be your walking out music. Oh man! Oh whoa! Okay, so I've been. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm really into this band right now, uh, Yamataka Sonic Titan. They are, I'm going to plug them. I love them. I just saw them live for the first time ever uh, a week ago, Sunday. They are a, um, they're, they're a Canadian, they're a group of Canadians. Uh, they consider themselves to be a pan Asian progressive metal band. Um, they're phenomenal. I've just, I see, a, see I see them. a photo of them and they're wearing scary masks. 
They are so great. They're, um, they also, I think their other self-proclaimed, uh, genre is no wave. That's N O H wave. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to butcher the name of this song, but I feel like it's a good out song. It's called, uh, Yandir or Yandere or Yanderdery, uh, Yandere. <laughs> Yandere. It's Y-A-N-D-E-R-E. This goes back to reading something a million times and not knowing how it's pronounced. Right, yeah. Um, but Y-A-N-D-E-R-E off of their brand new album, Dirt. You can get it at your digital stores. You can get a record version of it. Call your local record store and get one. They're phenomenal. If they come in your town, please go see them. So, Perfect. plugging that because I love them. Well, they'll be uh, hopefully playing in the background as people are listening to this now. Uh, and in the meantime, yeah. thank you very much for taking some time to talk to me today. Um, I, we, eventually, yeah. we, made, we made it work. We got there, Dana. We finally did it. It just <laughs> takes, I guess it just takes like happenstance. We did it. Yay, we I'm did proud it. of this us. This is perfect. I'm proud of us too. Bye, Aaron. Bye. <laughs>